Welcome to a special episode of Strange Darkness Radio. In this captivating installment, our hosts, Bobby and Carolyn, had the privilege of being guests on the fantastic Dairyland Frights podcast, hosted by none other than the amazing John Radke. During Bobby and Carolyn's appearance on the show, they shared the intriguing story of their journey into podcasting, exploring the roots of their passion for the mysterious and the unknown. But there's more to the tale. They also ventured into the Dairyland Frights podcast's riveting topic, the Missouri State Penitentiary, renowned as the bloodiest 47 acres in America, as acclaimed by Time Magazine. So, fasten your seatbelts and prepare for a thrilling odyssey through the macabre and the unexplained as we embark on a chilling historical expedition of the Missouri State Penitentiary. This is Strange Darkness Radio, where we unveil the secrets of a place that has witnessed more darkness than most. Stay tuned for an episode that will send shivers down your spine. Hello, my spooky friends. This is John, your host for Dairyland Frights, the podcast, paranormal podcast that covers everything spooky, creepy, and mysterious in the Midwest. And again, I, I, I'm so blessed. I have some great guests on here, and I love it. They are from Strange Darkness, Carolyn and Bobby. Welcome. Thank you very much, John, for having us. Oh, you know, again, I, I'm blessed to have guests on you like yourselves. I love your podcast. I've been listening to it. Uh, Bobby, you told me you had like an over two-hour podcast on Halloween. You know, so mm-hmm. <laughs> that was uh, must have been interesting. So, can you do me a favor, Carolyn? You want to go first? Bobby, you can go first. Doesn't really matter. Uh, tell me a little bit about Strange Darkness Radio and what it's about. Well, um, str- go ahead, Carolyn. Oh no, I was going to say I'll let Bobby do this part because this is his baby. So. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Well, you know, uh, basically I had a paranormal experience at the age of 11 and, uh, it was, um, so crazy to where, um, and I talk about that on the show also, that's probably the first episode and, uh, that question, everything going forward from that point. So I've always been, you know, looking and, uh, trying to dive into the paranormal just to see what, you know, that experience that I had you know, and, um, you know, have others, you know, had those type of, um, same, uh, you know, same things happen to them. And, uh, so, you know, throughout the years, I've always talked, you know, about paranormal, the paranormal activities that go on in people's homes and, uh, the experiences that people have. And, um, so, you know, that kind of prompted me, you know what, I need to start a podcast. And then, so I, went ahead and uh, started this podcast, Strange Darkness Radio. Nice. So I have to ask, Bobby, tell me a little bit. I know you probably have already said it to your audience, but I have a whole new audience here. Would love to hear your little paranormal uh, experience. Okay. Well, let me make this brief because it's kind of a little detailed. But um, go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Nice teaser. Exactly. Okay. A little little teaser. (laughs) Well, um, we were at the drive-in. We came back home. I really had to go to the restroom. Didn't want to, you know, find my way back to the car and all that jazz. So I waited, you know, until we got home. Me and my dad came to the door of our home. We entered the home. There was a a, a glow, you know, a light that was um, coming from like the, the right side of the, the, the living room area. And as we entered, I tried to dart off and go to the restroom and then as um, my dad, um, you know, saw whatever was happening in the kitchen, in the living room area, he told me to freeze, get out of the house. Okay. Somebody's in the house. And I was like, I need to go to the restroom. So, I, you know, so being a kid, my first thought is because yeah. my dad was in the military and uh, my first thought is I got to go to the bathroom. So I'm for whatever reason, I bypass the hall bathroom to go to my parents bathroom. I go down uh-huh. to the end of the hall And um, as I look over to the right in my parents' uh, bed, there is a long figure laying in the bed. And I froze. 
And then so oh, as I man. look at this figure, I can it's like yeah. a, it was like a movie plane. I can hear my dad calling me, but I couldn't make out what he was saying sure. as he was running yeah. down the hall. And as he sn- puts his hand on my sh- shoulder to grab me, the the um whatever figure was laying in the bed just totally went like into the bed. It's just the, the blankets were still Ooh. disheveled. It just slowly wow. just like, you know, uh, just melted into the bed. And uh, he's like, I told you to get out of the house and, you know, and yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what had happened was in the kitchen area, all the um, dishes were out of the cabinets. All of the food was out of the refrigerator. Oh, it was, a you know, it was God. like somebody ransacked the house. And then as uh-huh. the police came, there was nobody that entered the home. They said someone must have entered the home and locked the door on the way out because there was no sign of any entries or anything. And so that was my, okay. you know, first paranormal experience. Wow. Wow. That is crazy. Um, I've heard something similar to that before where people have said they've gone into their house and like there's someone in their bedroom, like mm-hmm. at the edge of their bed and stuff, but I've never heard anything like that. That's crazy. Oh yeah. And my parents had oh, a king size bed. It was really, really huge. And, uh-huh. and uh, yeah. you even had to have steps to get onto the bed. And so that, you know, so yeah, it, it was, it was crazy. It was crazy. Wow. But uh, yeah, that was my first experience. That's what. I love it. I yeah. love it. That's a good spooky one. Wow, man. I don't know. I would scream like a little girl and run. I I, I was it. shocked. I couldn't move. <laughs> that whole thing when people say, oh, okay. you know, you see something and then it just stops you in your tracks and being an yeah. 11, yeah. Mm-hmm. you know, I was like, what am I seeing? What is going on? And uh, yeah, yeah, for yeah. even the image, how it, you know, I looked at the image to stop, you know, it's like yeah. a feeling, you know, you, you, it, that came over me. It's just don't like, move. don't move. Yeah. And uh, so, right. yeah. 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 So let me ask you this, Bobby, and then Carolyn, I'll get to you next. Uh, mm-hmm. Does that, was that what interested you in the paranormal or is there something, another event that interested you in the paranormal for you to want to do a paranormal podcast? No, that's what sent me down the um, path to ask questions about what we see and what we hear, um, you know, and what we believe, you know, just because you can't see it doesn't mean it's not there. And so that Mm -hmm. sent me down the path to ask questions. I, you know, love it or hate it. I would be in uh, church asking like, you know, certain questions like, you know, yeah. are, are demons real or, you know, spirits real? You know, those questions are like, oh, you're not supposed to talk about that. And, you know, being in the African, yeah. com- you know, American community, it's like that's yeah. just something that you really don't discuss. You know, yeah. just uh, sit there and catch the Holy Ghost and you're good. And uh, that was pretty much. <laughs> don't ask questions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, so, yeah. So, no, ever since then, I've always, you know, that's when I went to the library, you know, start doing research on uh mm-hmm you know, different things in the paranormal uh, realm and going down that, that um, rabbit hole. But yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really interesting. One of my guests, her father was a minister mm-hmm. and you know, they just believed in everything, you know, there's good and there's bad and there's God, Jesus. And she said she lived in a haunted house too. So there'd be all these things. They would be attacked. And then she thought they were being attacked for their, their Christian Christianity or their, you know what I mean? Because yeah. they're, they believe so much. But then after she became uh, older, she was like, huh, I don't know. What does this mean? Why, why, why did I have these experiences? Why, you know, is there demons? Is there whatever? And mm-hmm. her father, who was uh, a minister, uh, well, actually was a priest, had performed exorcisms too. Oh, wow. So he had, you know, he had seen firsthand people believe they had been possessed by a demon, Satan, whatever you want to say. So mm-hmm. yeah, I found that really interesting. That's that's awesome. I love it. So, Carolyn, can you top it? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I have one good story. I've I've always believed in paranormal since I was like a child and I've always been interested, oh. but uh, nothing really spooky or paranormal has ever happened to me until pretty recently. I had one experience. Okay. Um, I don't think I can talk Bobby, but. <laughs> well, you never know. Yeah, I'll try. 
But uh, basically, me and an ex-boyfriend of mine, my ex, were ghost hunting in a, the local cemetery in my home city, Sacramento, California. Uh-oh. This doesn't and, start um, out good. <laughs> <laughs> Bob is always teasing me for, you know, my ghost hunting adventures. But um, Yes. I, I but this, that. <laughs> right. <laughs> but... um. Yeah, so we were at this cemetery, and it's a big cemetery, like it's a big property, um, and it's got the, all these hills and these different sections. So, I mean, you could spend like a good hour or two walking around the whole grounds. So, we were there late at night. It was probably like eleven or midnight. Um, you know, we're not supposed to be there. We're the only two people there, and we were walking around for like a good forty-five minutes, okay. um, and we were you know, chatting, having a good time, but we were being respectful and being mindful of where we were. And um, all of a sudden we started walking up to this kind of newer section of the cemetery and I started to get like a really bad feeling. I just started getting really creeped out. And so I was, so I was telling him like, Hey, I think I want to leave now. Like I told him, I, I feel uncomfortable. I'm getting scared. And he, he was kind of making fun of me and laughing, but he turned to me and he was basically saying, Hey, don't worry. As long as we're respectful, nothing's going to mess with us. Yeah. And he didn't even finish the sentence and something Uh-oh. screamed at us like a loud scream. Yeah. And it wasn't, it wasn't English. It wasn't words. It was just oh, this wow. like Ooh. noise. Yeah. 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 But it's, it definitely sounded like it came from a person, but it wasn't like any discernible words. So, um, I got freaked out. I wanted to leave. Yeah. I looked at my boyfriend and he just had this look on his face. Like he wasn't scared at all. He was like trying to figure out what it was and where it was coming from. And I wasn't waiting to find out. I grabbed him and I ran. I literally had to like drag him along with me. And I was like, let's go. But I swear you guys, this noise, it this scream was no more than 10 feet away from us. It was so close. There was no one else around. We didn't see anybody. We didn't hear anybody. We didn't hear any footsteps or rustling or anything. It was just this random scream. So it was so spooky. Yeah. Yeah. That's, oh, I I love stories like that. And it's funny that you mentioned, Carolyn, that you were interested as a kid. Because again, Mm -hmm. one of my former guests, one of my past guests, when she was like nine years old, she's reading books. How do I talk to a ghost? (laughs) How do I like her mom's like, what are you what are you doing? You that know? is so me. Like reading these books. How do I talk to a ghost and how do yep. I do this? I, do that? <laughs> I think that's awesome. And that's why I, I always I Go always ahead. wanted to have an experience until I had this experience. And then I was good after a while. I mean, I, like, I didn't go to another cemetery for a while after that. Like, I was scared. I the next so, week, she uh, was in a, another cemetery, <laughs> just for the record. So, right. took me about a week. My sp- <laughs> My spooky <laughs> friends have heard this before, but I'm going to tell you guys really quick because this is one of my favorite stories about a cemetery. Mm-hmm. So I used to be a manager at a retail store and everybody knew I like paranormal. So they would come up to me and they'd be like, hey, John, any ghosts? You know, they kid me, right? You know, any ghosts <laughs> in, the, in the store? You know, stuff like mm-hmm. that, right? Whatever. Um, one day, one of my employees came to me and she's about, she was at high school. She came to me. She goes, John. I have a problem. And I'm thinking, oh no, are you pregnant? And <laughs> you know, I gotta like call your mom. Like, no. Cause that happened. No, it's a ghost. I had two girls come up to me and tell me they were pregnant and I had to call their mom. Oh, oh that that's a paranormal right. experience. Anyway. <laughs> that's scary enough. All right. That's my scary story. That's it. Um, anyway. Um, so anyway, they had a Ouija board in a cemetery, a bunch of their friends. <gasps> we're having this Ouija board in the cem- Yeah, I know, no. right? You're doing it already. Bobby's <laughs> Why shaking would you his do head. it? <laughs> right, right, right. He got scared, ran off. Okay. So I said, Did you hit goodbye? Did you use the planchette for goodbye? Did you did you close? Mm-hmm. No. Oh God. So <laughs> anyway, really quickly, her mom shows up one day and says, John, you know. Sarah, whoever, told me that, you know, you know the paranormal. She's telling me they're having weird things happen at their house, shadow people, all this stuff, right? And, like, what can I do, right? What am I supposed to do? So I said, (laughs) you need to go back to the cemetery, and you need to close that, okay? Just go and close it, get 
grab the board, get the hell out of there. They go back. The groundskeeper had run over the Ouija board with his lawnmower. <laughs> oh, wow. Totally destroying it. Everything's destroyed. Oh, That's what she told me. They're so done. I said, <laughs> right. So I said, go to the nearest Walmart or whatever, get a Ouija yeah. board, go back, close it up, and just take care. And they're they're telling me to come along. I'm like, hell no, I'm not going to you guys. I'm not getting involved in this mess. I got my own kids. Uh, anyway, so uh, we go back and they do it. And I guess things from there were okay. But, right? Like, what are you doing? But they just, they heard, like, they didn't hear a scream like you. They just heard, like, footsteps or something. Oh, I can't okay. remember what they exactly heard. Oh, that's almost worse. Lessons learned, right? Wow. <laughs> that's for all my spooky friends out there. So. Don't play with Ouija boards in cemeteries. Just don't do it. So, again, I'll make sure, uh, Bobby and Carolyn, to share with all my spooky friends all your website links and where they could find Mm -hmm. Darkness, Strange Darkness Radio. And you uh, you guys are going to love it. Trust me. Listen to them. They're great. So, let's get right into it. Let's do a little teaser first. All right. Bobby and Carolyn, what if I told you that nearly a hundred years before Alcatraz, there was the Missouri State Penitentiary? Time magazine called the prison the bloodiest 47 acres in America. Today, guides and guests alike will attest to apparitions, unusual unusual sounds, excuse me, and eerie vibes filling the infamous prison. So (laughs) when Time Magazine says, hey, man, you're nuts. (laughs) This is a terrible prison. Uh, (laughs) So have you ever heard of it? Have you ever heard of the Missouri State Penitentiary? I have. The first time I actually did was, I think, on Ghost Hunters. When they when they went there yeah. to do uh yeah. Mm-hmm. You guys uh, I hadn't I hadn't heard of it until Ooh. you know you told us that we were gonna be discussing it and I'm yeah. pretty impressed that yeah, I hadn't so heard of it before. That. So yeah. You're <laughs> going to love this. You're gonna laugh a little bit and then also be like, damn, I'm not going there. But maybe we will someday. <laughs> we're going. <laughs> I know I want to check it out. We're going. <laughs> so first of all, guys, before I get to the fun stuff. Uh, talk about my sources uh, that I always put in my links. Uh, Haunted U.S., Missouri Pen Tours, Atlas Obscuria, uh, News a Tribune, and the History of the Missouri State Penitentiary. So let me talk a little about the history. I know it's sort of boring stuff, but it will help us get a better idea of what this place is. Okay? So the Missouri State Penitentiary was built in the early 1830s. Now, remember that because that's going to be important. Its original prisoners, <laughs> I love this, made, well, let me repeat that, the original <laughs> prisoners made the bricks that make up the first walls of the building. The prison grew many times from its initial 15 inmates until it was ultimately closed in 2004. So <laughs> this prison not only was built by the prisoners, yeah, but also <laughs> 1830s, and it just closed in 2004. I know that's wild. That's, that's wild. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So here's some of the famous prisoners uh, that I like to kind of get out of the way too. We'll talk about them here in a little bit. During this time, many well-known prisoners, including James Earl Ray, he's the guy. Sh- if you don't remember your history, he was the guy sh- who shot Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, he and the Charles pretty boy Floyd. So he was this really badass in the twenties and thirties. And also (laughs) to make things worse, 40 prisoners were sent to the gas chamber in this prison, which is a lot. Yeah. Okay. Most prisons to kind of give you an idea, maybe 20, maybe 30 tops. But they had over 40, actually, prisoners. So this place was, it was bad, okay? It was really bad. In fact, they also had riots in there where people died. And 
they found a snitch and as we know snitches get stitches but this guy <laughs> was bludgeoned to death he actually is not one of the ghosts i'll talk about it here so the missouri state penitentiary housed hundreds of thousands of, and i mean thousands of convicted felons during its 168 year history folks at yeah <laughs> and many of the, these inmates obviously still remain so one of the things they tell too in 1831 when this started out this guy governor john miller was convinced owning and operating a prison hey that makes complete sense we need to have a state penitentiary here so two years later i, I love the way politicians think hey you know let's just make a prison <laughs> exactly <laughs> Let's just put this. So they passed the bill and the construction began in 1836. Now this is, it, I want you guys' feeling on this one because I think this is hilarious. So the first prison's inmate was a guy named Wilson Edison. You know why he went there, guys? Stealing mm -hmm. a watch. I know, that's, wow. That's so sad. Dude, what do you think of that? Exactly. You go to a not the county jail. Prison. <laughs> not, <laughs> right? Right. Prison. This is crazy. Where they hold like I mean, murderers and serial killers and yeah. the first yeah. inmate stole a watch. Yeah. First inmate just stole a watch. Like, uh, okay. Uh, and like I said, it's one of the longest maximum security prisons, well, was in the United States. And like I said, it began housing prisoners in 1836. Started uh, laboring the prisons, doing you know you see those old timey prison movies where the guys hitting the rocks. This was it. <laughs> yeah, those guys sweating their balls off, hitting rocks for I don't know why, but that's what they did. Um, <laughs> which I think is really weird. Keep them occupied. By, <laughs> right. <laughs> so by 1868, so short of time after this was built, it was hosting post-Civil War criminals. So it started out with a guy stealing a watch. Then they had, a, they had these Civil War criminals who were, yeah, these are the guys that did terrible things that I won't get into, very, very brutal. But here's the thing that Tom Wells, he was a former security or prison guard, I should say there. This is a quote from him. <clears throat> They just pretty much worked a lot of inmates like slaves. It was pretty brutal. And like I said, Tom Wells, who's this prison guard, he began working as one of the prison guards in 1989, and now he does ghost tours at the prison, okay? So imagine you steal a watch. <laughs> this is your first offense. You're in with these terrible people, breaking rocks, what do you guys think? Uh, I think it's crazy because if you brutal, think right? about if you think about Tom Tom Wells, nineteen eighty nine. We're not talking about eighteen hundreds. We're not talking about nineteen oh one. How he says right. they were treated like slaves. You know, with all that's going on, you know, now and everything else about you know prison rights and so on and so forth. But that time period, that's not that's that long ago. Then. That's crazy. Yeah. 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 And kind of uh, what the reason he said that was because like the prison warden or some of the other higher ups in the prison system would make the prisoners build their homes with like, Oh, I want a new house. Mm -hmm. So go and build my house yeah. and I'm not going to pay you a dime. Oh, oh no. Well, they got 11 cents somewhere. <laughs> <Something like that>. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's wow. crazy. Right. Yeah. So, by 1932, with roughly 5,300 inmates, the Missouri State Penitentiary held the largest inmate population in the United States at that time and was considered one of the most successful prisons in the country. On average, the inmates cost the state 11 cents per day. There you go. And they were proud of that. <laughs> wasn't 11 it? cents per day. Like, Wasn't it super what? overcrowded too? Like it was only built oh. to hold maximum like twelve hundred people, and they mm -hmm. had fifty three hundred people. Correct. That's insane. That's like six or seven to a cell. I mean, correct. Yeah, they would average three to four a cell. Oh, that's right? crazy. And you again, you're dealing with the guy who stole a watch, 
to a rapist, to an ax murderer, to God knows what. Right? Exactly. So, yeah. And this is, this is unbelievable. So maybe it's not so bad, but then again, you're like, oh, okay. But according to articles, they said on good days, inmates sought a sense of normalcy. Hmm. I don't know how they do that, but they formed baseball teams, played miniature golf, explain that one to me, either one of you, <laughs> attended chapel <laughs> and worked long days in the dozens of factories. And it was like a major economic boom. So they used prison labor to basically build this community. Um, and I don't know if you guys have ever done uh, any research on this, or if you know anything similar to this, I just unbelievable, right? Yeah. Um, the only thing I know is uh, Folsom makes California license plates. And I'm not even sure if they do that anymore, but that's <laughs> not <laughs> really the same, but <laughs> no, not at all. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it works though. They built the, they built a nice community out there, right? Those nice houses right. for those politicians and. <laughs> I knew at one time, just a sidetrack, I knew at one time, they don't do this anymore, but they used to make uh, what they call prison jeans. So there was a company that actually marketed these jeans made by prisoners, and they were called prisoner jeans or prison oh, jeans. Wow. Oh, I can give you one fun fact real quick. Um, I used to work okay, for the state, ahead. and uh, we used to get desks that were built by the uh, Folsom uh, state prisoners. And uh mm -hmm. We uh, received one of the desks, which were really nice, um, all oak wood and everything. We ended yeah, up sure. open up opening one of the drawers of the desk and found someone had took a number two in the desk, <laughs> just as a thank you. So that was that was <laughs> thank a, you very much. Exactly. That was That's why you don't buy things made in prisons. <laughs> well, they yeah, yeah. Not. <laughs> it's free. Well, then you the state the pay, is paying oh, themselves, right, so it's, it's free, free. anyways. <laughs> You know, even though the yeah. state's buying it from it from itself, but uh, yeah. so I love wow. that, Bobby. I love it. That's great. So <laughs> even though they could play miniature golf, it wasn't all strawberries and unicorns. <laughs> <laughs> the the guards would whip a man for literally nothing at all. Oh yeah. Uh, even if he like went out of line, uh, even if a guard was having a bad day, they would beat the ever living shit out of people. Um, the gentleman uh, whose name is uh, John Switzer, who I got this from, he is actually a historian of the Missouri State Penitentiary. He does ghost tours and everything. One of the things, though, this is unbelievable. So in 1954, two inmates feigned sickness to attract attention. When two guards entered the, the hall, the inmates overpowered them and stole their keys. The two ran along, releasing other inmates as they pursued, remember I told you before, a jailhouse informant and bludgeoned him to death. Wow. I mean, there was supposedly, this is gold star, this is R-rated, so if any kiddies are listening to it, moms, you might want to take off their headphones and, uh, you know, take them out of the room. But these guys beat him such to a pulp. They had to use his, they'd use basically dental records of what teeth they could find. Wow. But they just beat him, just, you know, just being a snitch. And uh, so these waves of rioters happened. And this is part of the part of the legend of Missouri State Penitentiary, where you do um, certain parts of the penitentiary where you just feel this overwhelming dread and yeah. you just feel like, like something's not right. And people have said, like, they feel like they're being crushed. Like, you know, like people are like on top of them trying to crush them, but this is what happened. So eventually the wave of rioters stormed the deputy warden's office, armed troopers on the roof were, were forced. <laughs> yeah. I bet they were forced to open fire with machine guns and riot guns and they killed most of the prisoners and oh they said God. several convicts were injured by a gunfire uh-huh okay but following the riot what did they do instead of giving these prisoners some hope and you know like hey so let's not this happen this again whatever no they just put an extra caging yeah so they just put up extra cages and everything to make you know hey this doesn't happen yeah 
I mean, can you believe that? I mean, these these people are at their wits' end, right? They go and uh, kill this man who's probably just trying to get hit released from this hellhole. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they just go well, put up some caging. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> like the walls aren't tall enough already. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. Um, this is guy again, uh, one of the famous prisoners, uh, go to. So in 1959, James Parker Ray was sentenced to 20 years after holding up a St. Louis Kroger. Uh, and then once he got in 1967, he capitalized on his job in the pis- uh, prison bakery and snuck into a large box, used to ship bread. When a <laughs> truck arrived to pick up the supply, the bread box with Ray inside, he escape basically just a year later in in april 1968 ray gunned down dr king so yeah Yeah, that's 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 amazing just that set of circumstances uh for that to happen you know yeah that's unreal right and you think about it if this guy was maybe i don't know treated a little bit better or maybe something with the prison system helping well he had two prior attempts such yeah yeah, but right. he had two prior attempts to, uh, of escaping at that particular uh, prison, right. and they caught him in crazy, you know, situations. He'll he'll be crawling through a air vent, and he's stuck, and then they have to come and get him out. So, right. you know, and yeah, yeah. Uh, he finally was able to able to get his to make his way out. But yeah, that that is interesting. If he would have stayed, and you know, those set of circumstances yeah. may have not ever occurred. Yeah, Doctor King would, you know, obviously. Maybe still not be alive today, but yeah. live a little longer and to help, obviously, That's the civil crazy. rights movement. So, exactly. But there were some people put in here that you would be like, why did they put it in here? So, that someone went to jail over that you know being someone who tried to bring freedom to the population tried to help people uh and she was jailed you know both of these people were jailed for to help people just for speaking you know? out yeah which yeah. is we're supposed to have free speech in this country but during world war one there was such high paranoia they actually passed laws that said if you you know, opposed certain things like what they did, the um, opposing the draft or speaking out against the government, you could be locked up apparently in one of the worst prisons in the United States. So Yeah. And these were, these were women in here and they didn't really Mm -hmm. have a woman's section, I would say. Yeah. Women's (laughs) right. They weren't ready for them. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. It's crazy. So anyway, one of the other things, too, they had a gangster, Pretty Boy Floyd, and he was considered one of the most dangerous gangsters uh, at the time in the 1920s. Uh, he did a payroll robbery, so he robbed a train when they would put stuff on trains for whatever reason. Uh, I thought that was kind of funny. And he was a repeat offender, and he was in the cell, too. So that's another famous guy that was in there. And then if you know anything about boxing, I don't know if you guys do, or sports, um, Charles Liston, or Sonny Liston, yes, that's Sonny Liston, who uh, eventually became the world heavyweight champion, uh, he was in that prison too. So mm-hmm. he uh, actually did something good. He was one of the few prisoners that really did something good. So what he did was he uh, would go in and work out and everything like that, and eventually Someone saw him, a priest, actually, uh, who oversaw the prison gym. He reportedly marveled at Liston's physicality and took him under his wing. And he taught him not only the techniques of boxing, but he taught him how to read and how to write. And then when uh, Sonny Liston was freed on parole, he began to world heavyweight boxing champion. And during his career, a lot of people don't know this about him, he faced many notable boxers, including Muhammad Ali. 
I know you guys knew him. And I, how would I leave? Oh, yeah, for uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and in 1962, he became the world heavyweight champion. So that's a little bit about the history and some of the famous prisoners and everything like so that. So I have one more prisoner, actually, that I didn't see in your notes. And I had never heard of him uh, before, I start, before I started researching for this project. His name was Robert Berdella. And he apparently was a horrible serial killer. He was accused and arrested for torturing and doing terrible things and murdering uh, six men. And I couldn't believe that I had never heard of this guy because I'm obsessed with serial killers. So <laughs> that was a pretty cool Another story. Another one of uh, Carolyn's uh, tics. But, uh, Another one of my it. weird nice. sessions. <laughs> Speaking speaking of that, you're obsessed with serial killers. If you guys ever want me to be on your show, I can talk to you yes. about a personal story of Ed Gein, the butcher of Plainfield, and also Jeffrey Dahmer. Oh, nice. And I got two personal stories for you guys. Oh, wow. We definitely got to have that. Have Ed Gein, that was a that. long time ago. How do you have a personal story with him? You can't, you can't, you can't spoil uh, it. Remember, can't... Ed Gein lived <laughs> Just give me a little bit. until he lived quite a long life and let's just say it's not my story it's my friend of the families who's a nurse who oversaw when uh, ed gein near the end of his life was in a mental asylum mm. and oh, she was wow. the head nurse there oh wow oh i would love to so hear about got that some good, he's got I, I like i said i gotta get stories but that's a little teaser. <laughs> so we'll save it <laughs> so let's get to the paranormal event so this is a lot of things that people have seen here. They have seen shadowy figures who have been seen walking on the catwalks. So like the catwalks, they'll see people kind of, you know, like these shadowy figures on these things. And that's in hall A. There's a whole bunch of different halls and stuff who have different criminals and different spirits. So also hall A is also notorious for these above ground spirits as well. One cell in particular, cell 48, is reported to be the site of the brutal bludging of that prisoner, the, you know, the, the snitch. Uh, informant. Yeah. So the prisoner's phantom reportedly remains entombed in that cell forever. So people who go in that cell have feelings again of overwhelming dread, heavyweight, like pressing on them, like I said, and others have captured photos of strange, shadowy figures around that cell. And again, people who go in this cell, you remember, all these cells are not big cells. They're small cells. Mm -hmm. I just feel like I'm being suffocated. Like, they can't breathe, and they have to get out of there. So, I'm like, oh, man, that's, that's great. So, to make things worse, Missouri State Penitentiary had a dungeon. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty and cool. <laughs> this is crazy. I will put pictures of this up and everything. Basically, what it was is they would put pretty much the, the worst of the worst in this place, but that wasn't necessarily true because sometimes they would just, if you gave the guard a, a, an evil look or a side look, they'd be like, in the dungeon you go, man. So perhaps don't be surprised to find that there's so many hauntings in this prison in the dungeon so one of the things is one of the guards say that they'll go in there and this was uh i believe tom wells again and he said that basically these guards would whip these men with the inches of their life inside mm -hmm. only stone walls and a floor so it basically was a dungeon. Yeah. There was literally, it was the, the only light they had was like a single, like 60 watt ball. Mm -hmm. And then it was just stone floors. And a bucket for it, for a toilet. And a bucket for a toilet. That they had to share. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> right? So story goes, they were, they were, oh my God. They put about 18 men down here with no bedding, no bunks, no blankets, no mats. Like you said, Bobby, no toilets, a single light bulb. <laughs> That's it. And now they didn't have 18 men in one room, but 18 men were put in these about three or four of these, you know, rooms, if you want to call it. And, um, man, 
I just could. Could you imagine that living? What that would do to you? Oh yeah, it, it got much worse though. In, in doing some research on this, um, if you were to pass away down there, they would leave your body down there and let it decompose. They wouldn't just oh pull you out. God. And uh, yeah, so um, yeah, that's it's it's uh, wild. One of oh, the inmates God. who got out, um, his name was Firebug Johnson. He was an arsonist, but um, he was released and he wrote a book. He spent 18 years in solitary in those dungeons. And his book is called Buried Alive, 18 Years at the Missouri State Penitentiary, Penitentiary however you say it. <laughs> yes. And uh, Carolyn, that is right on. His name was J.B. Firebug Johnson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that name. Go I love on. to be Firebug Johnson. I'd be like, ah, yeah. right. I'd be a Old fun guy. Firebug. Um, I don't think I said <laughs> fires, but I just use it as a nickname. Um, <laughs> but he, he, like you said, he served in the dungeon from 1883 to 1900 for setting a fire that destroyed prison property and caused the deaths of several inmates. Mm-hmm. And again, you're right, Carolyn. He wrote a book called Bury Alive 18 Years in the Missouri State Penitentiary. And just mm-hmm. down the hall from the Fireberg cell, from Fireberg cell, there's a little plaque. And it's, it says on there, you know, JB Fireberg and stuff like that. So one of the things when you're in this dungeon, oh, yeah, bad stuff happened, right? So one of the things is Switzer, the gentleman I brought up before, who's the historian and ghost hunter, he on his first night when he was doing a ghost tour, he had an encounter with the entity and he said, I'm standing in front of the door to the, this, uh, well, cell, whatever you want to call it. And I go to flick the light off and immediately I felt something on my right. I felt his face right here. He says, holding his, holding his hand against my cheek and I can feel him breathing on me. And I'm thinking, he, this is according to Switzer, and I'm thinking, okay, you're imagining this, but you could not pay me any amount of money to turn my head and look toward the door where the dead end is, where he's standing right there exactly every time. And then he said, this is, not, this is also not the only building at the penitentiary, which I'll get into the housing unit one, but could you imagine that you're just down in this place and then you feel this breathing on you and like a hand against your face and then I'm I'm going the other way regardless. (laughs) I'm I'm out. (laughs) I, I, yeah, I totally agree. I am out of there. See ya. And again, everybody who's been down there feels dread and and just, you know, they see this firebug guy, you know, and they're just like, yeah, I'm out of (laughs) here. In housing unit one, which is the main entrance, a specter, this is actually kind of funny, a specter with a unique name has been encountered, and he is known as Fast Jack. This spirit is well known around the control room in the front lobby of the building. Fast Jack got his name for his usual move of, oh, this is still scary to me, gliding past visitors in a whitish blur. Little is known about Fast Jack, but some have claimed he wears a white coat like a doctor, and perhaps uh, he. some people say he carries a clipboard, so perhaps he was a former worker in the prison hospital. Fast mm-hmm. Jack has also been associated with opening and closing doors. Uh, many figure, like I said, he has... Something to do with, uh, you know, maybe the the prison health uh, care or the hospital or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. Have you guys ever heard of Fast Jack? <laughs> no, I, I haven't. But he was probably the inspector that came and to look for violations and then were put into a cell and never <laughs> was heard of again. It's probably what happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But could you imagine out of the corner of your eye, you're just on tour, you're just looking around, and then all of a sudden this whitish blur yeah. goes past you. Yeah, that's interesting, though, because it's usually yeah. uh, something dark, you know, a shadow figure. But to, to mm-hmm. see something of, of any color, let alone white, move moving at a fast pace, that yeah, that's very intriguing. So, and it's uh, interesting that the people who actually are able to make out like a figure, because he's, he's fast, but 
they do describe him as wearing a white coat, like a lab coat. So I wonder why, why would a doctor be haunting the prison? He was probably killed. No there were so many deaths in that be. prison. It was ridiculous. All right. Yeah, I remember I said it's 47 acres of blood. Yeah. I mean, I'm not even going to get into the deaths and everything. I could, we could be here all night. Oh, if I exactly. Get into that. and that's crazy. Yeah. So John Wells, uh, who's the former prison guard, like I said, who does ghost tours right now, um, he, he relates a, a ghost story of his own. And I thought this was kind of interesting. So he says, on a sunny day around 3 p.m., Wells had been talking to another inmate. With long blonde hair and a white t-shirt, he saw this inmate, excuse me, this other inmate with a long blonde hair and a white t-shirt walk out from the door that he's doing count at. So he must be like in an area, he gets other prisoners coming out of the store. So he sees this guy, long blonde hair, white t-shirt, just walk past him. Like, didn't even pay attention to him. And uh, John Wall is like, hey, uh, they know they're not supposed to be outside. And I thought to myself, you SOB, <laughs> you know, you better get back here. And this guy keeps walking out. He keeps following this man. And, you know, I, he, he says, so he goes outside, you know, after following this guy, seeing him go outside the building and he gets there and nobody's there. Like the guy with the long blonde hair and the, he's just gone. He's just gone. So John, uh, John Wall said to himself, I thought, man, he's run around the building. So I went up to the right side of the building. Nobody was there. And then he's like, well, wait a minute. The big gate is there. It's all locked. So I was like, I would know if I would have seen this guy. So he goes, I ran to the left side, and there's a tower right there. And I said, hey, to the tower guard, has anybody run by here? And the tower guard said, uh, no, it's count time. It's locked down. So I'm like, uh, okay. And then there's a van sitting there. We used to take supplies up the hill. And I thought, my God, he's in the van. We got we got an escapee. So <laughs> he says, he, you know, he runs up the hill and he goes to the van and, you know, he opens the door. Nobody's there. And then, so then he goes, maybe this guy's, you know, whatever. He's running around the van, you know, something like that. So he looks around again. He opens it up. Still can't find him. And, you know, he asked the van guy, the guard or whatever, you know, hey, have you seen this guy with long blonde hair? Did he get in here? And the van, and the guy driving the van is like, no, what are you talking about? He goes, listen, I saw him go in here. He had long blonde hair, he had a white T-shirt. Um, and he's like, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. And he says, it was like somebody just punched me in the face. <laughs> he said, uh, you know, Nobody saw this guy. I was the only guy that saw this guy, and I couldn't find him. And to this day, he's still shaken by that story. Wow! Just he, he does. He didn't know what was going on or how it happened, but he's, you know, <laughs> like wow. Okay, so I don't know if you guys ever heard a story like that where people have just out of your corner of your eye where someone's walking and then you try to find them and and they're gone. So, I don't know anything similar like that. Um, no, you hear about stuff where um, things are being repeated. There are haunts that uh, they're just yep. going through their their normal, yeah, their normal process of the day, and uh, they don't know if they're you know they're dead. And uh, but it's yeah. like a tape recording, you know, being played, you know, because of you know what this prison is built out of is probably the reason. You know, the pr the, the prison is built out of limestone and sandstone. And uh, yeah. so that you well, know that's, that's said to have a combination to be able to supercharge you know paranormal you know uh, environment. Um, so that could be just it traps the energy. Yeah, the energy is replaying itself. And it's already yeah. a miserable place. Yep, that's interesting. Yeah. Absolutely. So other things that happen here are, of course, cell doors slamming. There's coins that will come down from the ceiling from the cat box wow. and people have like actually seen the coins like appear out of nowhere and just fall from these catwalks and everything like that the other thing too they said they've heard and this is i guys please explain this to me but when ghost hunters have been there they have also reported sounds of children and dogs hmm. anything does that make sense well it, it could be the um certain murderers who killed children being haunted by those various, those very children coming, 
you know, and uh, staying in that location once they've since passed or, you know, uh, got taken out by the gas chamber. And, you know, so that could be a possibility or the land prior, you know, of what, you know, was there before that. Yeah, that's that's just interesting to me that prison would have like dogs and children. children. Yeah, exactly. Usually that's in a haunted (laughs) house, right? Yeah, but there's a lot of those inmates that killed a lot of kids. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah, yeah. There's stories of that too, where children have come back to prisons where they see this dark entity of this child, and oh, that's spooky too, man. That's crazy. So, yeah. also, of course, in a prison, it also smells like potpourri and Yankee <laughs> candles of beach, whatever they call candles now. The smell, but no, I'm sorry, guys. Uh, they include smells of cigarette smoke and then intense body odor so you know there you go yeah i imagine um, they didn't get too many baths <laughs> you know yeah. especially, you know i mean that, that was probably so, yes. you know good behavior if you you know we're, we're, we're able yeah. to go take a shower <laughs> so reward um so one of the things too is like i said they have a bunch of ghost tours there and stuff they go the history of it they go a little deeper in the personal lives of the inmates you know like i said a pretty boy Floyd, sunny liston james earl ray the serial gentleman was a serial killer there um and they go into the riot and stuff like that and they they, you are able to which i think is really cool if you do want to go there and investigate it they're open for it you can bring your own equipment your own devices they 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 will gladly help you with that um also like i said you're also given insight into the history of it so that's kind of cool and a couple of my former guests have done that mm-hmm. and they always get great stuff oh, they've wow. gotten evps they've gotten touch they've gotten oh every, smells they you name it they said every time they've gone there they get some you know, it's, yeah, it's especially really active. Bobby, the shower area, mm-hmm. they always feel like, man, this is, I got to get out of here. Like yeah. Something is not right. Wow. When I was great. researching for this, um, I saw a lot of, you know, evidence. There were a lot of pictures that people had taken on tours. There was, yep. there's a few other famous ghosts, like the eight foot tall shadow figure that lurks in one of the cells in, uh, in council unit four been captured there was like a hanging man or like a shadow figure that was floating up by the ceiling and it was one of those really tall uh halls was, you know way like i don't know 30 40 feet up 20 30 i don't know but um yeah i've seen some pretty convincing photos from that place yes and like i said i'm just barely touching this i'm just giving you a yeah. brief idea but it is scary and um you know you can go on and on and on with shadow people feeling uh you know like some of these like james earl ray you go to his prison cell you kind of feel like something's not right in there Mm -hmm. and some Mm -hmm. people have said they've had discussions like with him or he's talking to them about it it really depends right you know so it's crazy the whole thing is just It makes and just sense. Like you said, full of death. Go ahead. It's the bloodiest 47 acres in the United States. I mean, it makes perfect yeah. sense. There's so much misery. I mean, so many deaths from disease. The prisoners were mistreated. They murdered each other. I mean, I saw um, interviews of, of people who had been released who had stayed there. They said that, you know, seeing other inmates get stabbed and beaten to death was like a common occurrence. Um, and they were, you know, in the earlier years, they were literally tortured. I mean, they were given ice baths, they were whipped, they were kept in solitary in those dark rooms. Yeah. A lot of those Um, inmates kept in solitary went blind just from, uh, you know, to see anything, whatever for, for the, for the amount of time and years. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. And then aside from that, there's the executions too. They, yeah. They weren't given like a lethal injection. They were given cyanide gas, Yeah. which I don't know if a lot of people know this because I didn't know this until recently, but cyanide is one of the worst, most painful ways to die. I mean, you basically suffocate to death 
it it stops your blood from being able to absorb oxygen and so you're breathing but you feel like you're suffocating it's yeah, and terrible your internals are on fire as your lungs as you're breathing yeah, it, in, burns. it burns yeah it's a really really horrible way yeah. to die yeah and also they're the first i think it's the first prison that executed two people at one time they did that on uh four yeah, occasions yeah, they would put two people in the chamber and yeah. kill them together how sick you know, I did Ohio. I did a, a episode on Ohio State Reformatory, and I thought that was bad. <laughs> yeah. This, oh yeah, this yeah. is wow. I, again, we're not even scratching the surface of scratching the things yeah, that not, went on. Uh, we, we could do a three-parter or four-parter. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so uh, maybe I'll have to bring you guys back. Um, oh, yeah. So anyway, uh, <laughs> you actually go through all parts of the prison. So yes, you do see the dungeon. You do see the uh, main halls and all the other places but also and i don't know if i could do this they take you to the gas chamber so they take you to and i'll put a picture of it and oh. it's ugh, it's like That's my creepy. god because they this gas chamber is there's like a little peephole that you can see in like so you would see this like you said this person just their guts just Watch the ice bulge die. or whatever. Ugh. Ugh. It's horrible. You know, like no thank you. No thank you. So And these were not good guys that were being executed, you know, like yeah. but no one deserves to die like that. I no mean, one deserves to die like that. Just right. terrible. Yeah. Absolutely right. So if you are brave enough to take one of these prison ghost tours. And they have it, they said this fall, but it's recommended to make reservations because they said they get a ton of people. Oh, yeah. Believe imagine. it or not, the tours um, go through, and I didn't, I didn't think this was, I thought this was kind of weird, but okay, from December through February, but also due to weather. So when I was told, I actually called the tour because I was curious what they meant due to weather. Okay. And they were like winter weather. Like if it's a really bad winter storm or something they said uh don't come in here because there's no heat <laughs> there's oh. no, and it could affect the lighting and they said yeah maybe you don't want to do that now here's some of the prices and i think this is fairly reasonable because i always like to help paranormal places out too can paranormal tour so you can book a two-hour guest tour a two-hour ghost tour for it's only 30 bucks per person not too bad, right? That's not bad. Um, and then you can also go on a five-hour tour or an eight-hour tour, which that covers everything according to them. And that's only seventy-five bucks to a hundred dollars, respectively. Um, yeah, so not too bad. And yes, they do have a ghost hunting class, and that's forty <laughs> bucks per person. <laughs> it is does the class no. like tell you how to run or where to run or? You know, when to so, hide. <laughs> yeah. So according to this nice lady that I talked to, uh, they don't give you any any equipment or anything. They just tell you like, okay, it, it, to your point, they say, if you see a shadow person, maybe you want to back up a little. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You know, go over here. Um, yeah, she wasn't too descriptive about it. She was basically like, if you hear something or something touches you and you feel like overwhelmed, maybe it's better that you, you should leave. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, okay, you got my 40 bucks back? No. Right. Uh, <laughs> I wonder how many you know, inmates have back. went home with uh, these people, you know, if they were able yeah. to be an attachment and, uh, you know, oh, like out of the houses. prison. Exactly. Because that's the whole thing, <laughs> yeah. right? You want to escape. I mean, you know, mm -hmm. you're still trying to do it that's in death true. just as well as you were doing it in life. And, and that's funny that you mentioned that, Bobby, because one of my former guests, too, she said her sister felt she had all these terrible dreams and she had all these weird things happening to her. And so finally she went to, I don't know, a medium or somebody that would help her with this. And they said, Oh, you have a spirit attached to you, a former prisoner. Where would you go? And the lady was like, Well, I just went to Missouri State Penitentiary, and the and this medium or whatever was like, Okay, we need to get that off of you like right now. Now. Like, oh my god, that's crazy. Get, we gotta get that person off of you. Yeah. And she did and I guess 
work. They're fine. But yeah, that happens. You know, they will attach that. So I have to ask all my guests, what do you think? Haunted, not haunted. Extremely I think haunted. We know the answer. <laughs> That's me. Extremely Bobby? haunted. Yeah. 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 If ever there was a place that was potentially haunted, I would think this place is a good candidate. I mean, just a miserable, terrible place. And the structure even just looks creepy. It looks depressing and sad. Even if you don't believe in all this ghost stuff, I mean, the energy there just must be so heavy. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, I, I would love to take a person who doesn't believe like at all, to a particular location like this on the eight because hour I tour. guarantee you by the time the it's over, yep. they will be a believer. Yeah. 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 I would Absolutely. love to go there. Yeah. <laughs> so like I said, the tours are fairly reasonable. I mean, you know, yeah. uh, call ahead to all my spooky friends and Carolyn, obviously my spooky friend, Bobby. I'm there. Uh, call ahead. <laughs> Overnight. Busy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the lady I talked to said they only do overnights under special circumstances mm. and she, she didn't really elaborate on it. Yeah. So I'm guessing, I guess if you were like big time, like Zach Baggins, mm-hmm. and yeah, like he, you know Tyler. what I mean? Then they would probably be like, yeah, come on down. I hit him with that so Zach bag of uh, 10 grand and I guarantee you I'll be right. there all night. <laughs> <laughs> Stay for three days. Exactly. <laughs> Take a look at this. Uh, well, yeah, no problem. So guys, uh, Bobby and Carolyn, thank you so much again for joining me. You guys are great. This was super fun. Uh, I will, like I said, all my spooky friends, I will put everything out there for your social media links and everything like that and where they can find your podcast. Before I go though, could you, anything coming up special? Anything you guys are promoting, uh, maybe something really exciting on, you know, the horizon with, uh, with what you're covering. Uh, Carolyn, I'll let you, uh, um. w- well, we, we <laughs> have, um, we're, we're doing another dual podcast, um, that's coming up with a semi-skeptic, uh, podcast. That's going to be awesome. Right. But we also, uh, have, uh, another guest coming on. Her name is Tasha and she does past life regressions. And uh, mm-hmm. that's the thing that we were also I- interested in um, that whole, um, you know, storyline to see, you know, people who've come back or how many lives, you know, if you believe in reincarnation that you've lived mm-hmm. and um, in just those type of experiences. And uh, I think that's going to be a, a good episode, but definitely check out our yeah. Halloween episode, even though Halloween is past. Uh, it's really good and really fun. And I think you guys will enjoy it. Yeah, so our next um, episode coming up is going to be our collab with Semi-Skeptic Podcast. And um, we're going to be discussing Ed and Lorraine Warren. So I'm very excited for that. So anyone who's interested in them should tune in and catch the show. Um, And then as for our socials, you can listen to us on Podbean, um, strangedarknessradio.podbean.com. We're at SD Radio on Twitter. Uh, Instagram is just strange darkness radio, all one word. And then we also have our Facebook page, strange darkness radio. Uh, you can call our strange darkness radio hotline to be on the show. The number is 916-741-3032. And, um, we love to feature listener stories. So anyone who has a paranormal encounter they want to share, just call the show, be on the show. Um, and then if you do want to book to be on the show you can contact me my email is carolyn.sdr at gmail.com or on instagram you can message me carolyn underscore strange underscore darkness underscore radio <laughs> yes. That's a long one. I, will that, I will put all this uh in my episode links so you know and, and you know if you guys could send that to me too yeah. Email. I'll put that all in my episode link so everyone, my spooky friends, can find you. And like I said, if you ever want me as a guest, I will tell those Ed Gein and uh, Jeffrey Dahmer stories. We would love to have. We you have to have guest. you on our show. Yes. Yeah. Your, po- <laughs> your podcast is amazing, by the way. Um, I, I just love Thank how you. you you know tackle on you know getting other podcasters to come on and uh, yeah. just to keep that you know 
group and uh, crew aspect of everything. Uh, it's really awesome, yeah. and it really helps Thank out, you, yeah, you know, fresh. our podcast and others. So definitely appreciate yes, it. A- absolutely. Like I said, we're our little coven here. <laughs> we right. have a little coven of witches and scary, whatever. Paranormal and anything we can do <laughs> to spread the word, right? <laughs> Great. So we end our show uh, uh, always like this is say hi to your ghost. Hello, ghost. Hi, hi, attachment. <laughs> right. <laughs> and stay spooky. Thanks, Carol and Bobby. You guys are great we'll talk later thank you for staying thank up you. late with thank us you. and having us on the show <laughs> it was great thank you ethel do you know where you are my body you have passed over you died oh, oh. Everything, everything, my body, it's all that. It's all that. What an excellent day for an exorcism.